Since 1986, Rich Green Lawns has been the leading lawn fertilization company in the Jersey Shore, providing lawn fertilization, bed weed control, tick and mosquito control, as well as tree and shrub programs. Mention this ad and save 50% off your first lawn application. Call or text us today at 732-370-5963. 732-370-5963 or richgreenlawns.com. Welcome to Hook, Line, and Splitter, a Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast. Hook, Line, and Splitter is presented by NJR Home Services. And now, here's your host, Greg Giambarisi. Hook, Line, and Splitter, episode 48. Good day, everybody. I'm Greg Giambarisi. We're joined today by 2022 Blue Claws outfielder Marcus Lee Seng. Had a great chat with Marcus at the uh, during the last final innings of Game 1 of the Phillies Brave Series, Division Series, on Tuesday, Phillies dropped Game 2 on Wednesday. I'm recording this piece Thursday morning. Phillies will play Game 3, tied at 1 against the Braves, best of 5, on Friday, 437 at Rockin' and Sold Out Citizens Bank Park. So Marcus Lee saying he joined the Blue Claws in August this year. He began the season with... Clearwater, we talk about that. He was an 11th round pick in 2019 from Northern High School in Owings, Maryland. He played both ways there, pitched, and was an outfielder uh, considered going to St. John's. He had verbally committed there to the school up in Queens, but decided to sign with the Phillies. And that's a cool story. He was drafted the day he graduated high school. So he found out he was drafted early afternoon and then... Um, late afternoon, early evening, he, he walked down, uh, got his diploma from uh, his high school diploma, and then a couple of weeks later, he was uh, signed, sealed, and delivered, and it's now with the Phillies. So we talk about that. We talk about his season here with the Blue Claws in 2023 or 2022. Um, he played pretty well for a little while and then got got hurt, missed the last couple of weeks of the season. But he did have a two-home run game in an August 6th game against Hudson Valley. We talk about that. Uh, his background, other sports that he played. He's a, an interesting guy, and it was a fun chat. So enjoy talking to Blue Claws outfielder Marcus Lee Sang. Lightstar Energy Group is a leading energy brokerage firm headquartered in New Jersey. Our goal is to provide clients with premium energy management services to lower electricity and natural gas costs and to provide a long-term energy management strategy. We provide ourselves on bringing each and every individual business the same benefits of deregulation enjoyed by universities, municipalities, and all high-volume energy users. Tailored products and contracts, lower cost, personal attention, and outstanding service. Call 732-722-5880 to learn more about Lightstar Energy Group today. So we'll get to Marcus Lee Sang in a second, and when we come back on the on the flip side, we will uh, we'll do a little Phillies. We'll do a little some Blue Claws news and notes as well. Episode 48, Hook, Line, and Splitter, a Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast. Joined by 2022 Blue Claws outfielder Marcus Lee Sang, who's in Florida. Marcus, how are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? Doing well. All right, so we're taping this in the seventh inning of game one of the Phillies brave series. So just note that uh, for context, if you, uh, depending on what, how that game finishes up, Phillies have a lead right now. So uh, Marcus, how's Florida? What are you doing down there now? Uh, right now I'm down here in Florida. I'm rehabbing from a few uh, injuries I had that held me out towards the end of the year, but uh, everything's looking brighter. Everything's getting a lot better and I'm just hoping to be ready for next season. So you began the year with Clearwater, played 84 games there, finished it up with 
with the Blue Claws overall, kind of how do you think the year went? Um, it was a very productive year. Um, I do. I really learned a lot of new things. Um, uh, a lot of credit goes out to my coaches down there, Jake Elmore, Marty Malloy, Vic Diaz, uh, Ray Ricker. Those guys really stuck by my side, even when things got tough. Um, they really taught me a lot of a lot of things pertaining to baseball that goes deeper than the surface. So, um, yeah, I really enjoyed my time down there. What um, I was going to ask you about Marty, I guess we can start there. You spent most of your season with, with him. He won the Vukovic award this year for outstanding service to the, to the Phillies. Blue Claws fans know him well. He managed here in 2017 and 2018. What did you learn most from Marty? Oh, just honestly turning a, a boy into a man. Uh, he taught me how to play baseball the right way. Taught me in certain situations, what the, right thing to do is or how to even even also going about regular life and how how to present myself as a young man in this world so um a lot of it's it was very well deserved um helped out a lot of other guys on our team as well but um it was a privilege playing under him you know he he's a tough guy like he, he makes you work but you know he, he, i know he's good to the players that they everybody uh, I remember when he was here, everybody loved him. Uh, Nick Maton, especially uh, among, but you know, they, they all did, but he, he's tough and he, he makes you work at his styles is probably very good for the, for the younger guys as you guys this year, you know, you get your first taste of full season ball. Oh, definitely. Um, his, his style is more about you unlocking your true potential. I mean, he's, he's a guy that's going to push you. He knows where you can be or, what potential that you have and he's going to do everything within his power to get you there. And I, I mean, I really appreciate that. He's done a lot for me and I couldn't ask for anything else. So you come up to Lakewood at the beginning of, of August from a pitching standpoint, guys you're facing, what's the biggest difference uh, at that level, you know, that from what you're able to tell in the, in the month that you were here uh, from the quality of pitching and you know what they throw and how they approach uh you know, approach opposing hitters from low A to what you got in high A? Um, so, yeah, definitely these guys are obviously a lot older than the guys in low A, um, say maybe two years, three years. Uh, they know how to locate their stuff. Um, they know what pitches they have. They know themselves really well and what pitches they throw well against different players. And when it comes to off-speed, fastballs, they know where they want to put their pitches. They know what pitches work in what situations. And um, it was almost like a almost mental battle against these guys. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a really good experience to get a taste of that. You come up here and your first week uh, with the Blue Claws, you hit two home runs in a game. It was game one of a doubleheader on August 6th against Hudson Valley. Had you had a two home run game before? Um, I, I did, I did down in the FCL, uh, I had one and then late game, it was the ninth inning. They ended up putting a position player in. So I, I'll say it's a <laughs> little bit of handicap, uh, multi-home run game, but it, it still was. It's an asterisk. I mean, it doesn't, there's no asterisk in the stat on the stat sheet. I'm looking at it. No. <laughs> yeah. The one you had, the one here, you had one went to right. 15 feet or whatever from the line. The other one went down right down the line. It was fair by, by a few feet, yeah. you know, opposite field for you, you know, give us, um, you know, is that something you're looking to do when the ball's away? I mean, having be able to hit home runs 
literally from one foul pole to the other is, is not a uh, it's um, or it's a pretty unique skill. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, basically, like what what I've always prided myself is to be like more than a one dimensional player. Like I want to be able to do everything, have power to all fields, the quality of contact on certain pitches, all pitches. And I mean, that's something that goes into working with our hitting coaches, having talks about approaches, things like that. And the situations played out. And I was just fortunate enough to where it came out positive in my standpoint. So what, what goals do you guys have for or for yourself for the rest of the offseason? I know you want to get 100% healthy. Um, you, you, know, you want to come back a lot stronger next year, faster. You know, what are your goals to get ready for 2023? Yeah, so um, obviously right now it's about getting healthy. Um, I spoke to a lot of my coaches and we've set up plans as opposed to when it comes to swings, decisions. Um, bat to ball things, even working on stealing bases. I mean, n- number one thing is just just improving my game any way I can to help us win games in the future. I remember talking to Casey Martin at the beginning of the year, and he was saying that the Phillies seem to really prioritize, and this was his impression out of spring training, uh, base running, base stealing, and kind of, you know, how you can win a game on the margins going first to third or taking a base in the third inning, you know, stealing a base in the third inning if, if warranted. You stole 19 this year between the between the two spots. Uh, did you kind of get that impression, too, that, that they want you to run, they want you to be aggressive? Yeah. And that's um, a priority skill? Oh, definitely. No, 100%. Um, it, it's, it's crazy how much it comes down to maybe one play, one bag, one extra 90 that – a one run ball game could turn into, Oh, and now it's an extra inning game. And then you end up taking the lead. I mean, these guys have really enforced that being aggressive and making mistakes is, is okay to a certain point, but that's how you're going to learn and get better and just better yourself for the future. You said before the Phillies are on right now, is there a guy on the Phillies or, you know, a guy that maybe you've interacted with at, in camp or in when you were still, when, when they were still in the minors that, that you kind of look up to? Um, That's a guy that just works his tail off every Wait, day. I'm sorry. You cut out there for a second. Start, start that over. Yeah. Uh, definitely Matt Beerling. Matt uh, Beerling. Privileged to talk to him in 2020 instructs. Uh, that's a guy that works his tail off day in and day out. Um, Sometimes a little too hard, but you know, like the guys with that extra motor, that extra drive to get better, um, that's someone, someone you got to look up to, like it's, it's been a dream of his and he's going to chase it no matter what. So, I mean, that's a guy that I love talking to. I love talking with, but yeah, he's, he's a great guy also. And I mean, yeah, and, I yeah, it was really cool for him because he got to start game one of the playoffs last week in St. Louis and he's from, uh, he's from St. Louis. So that was pretty cool. Uh-huh. And he's in there, in there today, uh, in game one in Atlanta because they have the, the lefty Max Fried on the mound. So, uh, you get drafted back in 2019. Um, you got drafted the day you graduated high school, which is, which is, which is pretty cool. Did, I, I'm sure you knew you were going to get drafted that day. Uh, you were in the 11th round, so one of the first picks of the, of the day. What was that whole day like for you? And you got drafted in the morning, right before you before you walked down. Uh, yeah, so, um, it was it was really interesting. Uh, we got a few phone calls from certain other teams that we knew were going to take me before the Phillies, but 
I reached out to the Phillies or after the like after the Phillies pick, but yeah. I spoke to the Phillies. I said, Hey, like they came up with money, like I'm probably gonna take it there. And they said, Hold on, they hung the phone up on me immediately. And it was and I it comes around to their pick and they end up taking me. And I was really grateful because they've been with me through this whole process of the draft and they've always like shown me the amount of love that I've, I've they've given me and I've shown them the same amount of love back and I was just really happy to be a part of the Phillies organization so um obviously you know the day ended up just feeling a lot more brighter so everybody's you know everybody's walking down the aisle getting the diploma we're going to college I'm going to I want to be a doctor. I want to be, you know, whatever. And then, you know, you kind of have this baseball opportunity there. Did it, what were your friends saying to you that, that, uh, you know, at the, at the graduation? Cause um, you know, that's a big day for everybody and and getting drafted is, is, you know, one of the biggest days in a, in a young ball player's life. Yeah. um, Well, definitely. Like I've, I've, I kept my friends in the loop. They knew what was going on even throughout the season. Like they've always been there, supported me and, and I couldn't ask for anything more than that. So, I mean, it was honestly, when it came to them, it was no different than a normal day. Like they saw it, they, they were part of it. And I was, I'm just glad I was able to share that moment with them. So you committed to St. John's, um, you know, I know you signed in, still in June. So, well, you know, a couple of weeks after the draft was, did, did you strongly consider going to St. John's after you got drafted or uh, were you all in? Um. So, it was, it was a little weird throughout the draft process, obviously, going in. Uh, I wasn't sure to expect. Um, St. John is a great organization, and and I, I was really excited to be a part of that. And as the draft started rolling around, I was looking for a certain number that I wanted to hear. And early on, those day two, um, day one, uh, day two, I didn't hear the number I wanted, wanted to see. So... I almost considered going to St. John's and I was like, okay, this is probably what's going to happen. But they ended up having the number on day three and I, I was all in for that. You pitched in high school. Was that a, something you were going to do at St. John's? Was that something the Phillies yeah. had ever talked to you about? Yeah. So uh, initially I was going to St. John's as a two-way. Yes. Did the Phillies ever talk to you about that or you were straight outfielder? Um, they told me I was an athlete, so just play as an athlete. But if the the chips fall where they need to, then hey, maybe maybe I'll get another shot at it. But who knows? What attracted you to St. John's? Um, I just I honestly love the program. I loved how it was run there. I mean, they were they had a set goal. They were chasing something. And I just wanted to be a part of that and maybe even help them win that goal. So. What other sports did you play or did you play any other sports when you were in high school or growing up? So growing up, I um, I played basketball and football also. Uh, I mean, it was it was year round. Like I was I was like really like I was an athlete. That's what yeah. I did. So I'd go from season to season just around like year round. And uh, early on, I was I was I felt like I was pretty good at football. I was one of the bigger kids when it came to it, but it got to a certain point where everything started to level out. So I ended up stopped playing that. But basketball was one of the number one sports that I put the most time in for myself. 
Um, I went to a lot of trainings, a lot of a lot of practices, played high AAU um, division, uh, division one, division two basketball in AAU. And it, it really taught me a lot about like competition and how to compete. And a lot of those, those skills I've learned in those other sports even translate over to baseball. It helps there too. So um, yeah, just being an athlete was something that I, I always really wanted to do. I know I talked to Baron a couple of weeks ago in this setting and, you know, he, he did the same Kendall Simmons a couple of weeks ago in the setting and he did, he said he did the same thing. And you hear about players now that are more specialized where they play baseball 12 months a year, but at least you three, you Baron and Kendall seem to have all benefited in a great way by playing multiple sports. Is that fair to say? Yes. Yes. And the thing is, uh, those, those guys are athletes. I mean, I mean, I would group us into like the athlete, like we, that's what we do. We compete, we play hard and like, that's it. Hands down athletes out there. Even uh, Andrew Painter said he played, he played basketball in high school. And then Andrew Baker told me that Painter could be an all pro punter in the NFL. I can I could definitely vouch for him. Uh, I've definitely <laughs> seen him punt around, kick the kick the ball around, and it, it is impressive. It is very impressive. I know. Uh, I know St. John's doesn't have a football team. Did Did you ever think about playing basketball there too? That's a tough. Um, it's a tough double. Yeah, it is a tough double, and their basketball program was like their top program there. So yeah. most likely, you're probably just going to stick to how baseball is over there. So at what point? I mean, if you're playing high level. AAU ball and obviously in Maryland the that Baltimore DC Maryland corridor there um yeah. that's arguably the top high school ball in the basketball in the country so at what point you know if you're playing at that level you can play division one at, at what point did you kind of fall for baseball as your top sport um it was it was after I committed to St. John so basically my junior year that's when I I decided to just go all in on baseball like I'm committing and I knew becoming a professional athlete was, was my dream. And I had my best shot right there in front of me for baseball. So I was, I was going all in for that. So you got drafted, come into the Phillies. What's the biggest transition? You know, I'm sure it's a pretty big whirlwind going from, you know, your, your senior prom to professional baseball in a matter of, you know, 20 days. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It was, it was a huge transition. Uh, It was, it was, it was pretty tough to be honest. Um, I went from high school facing low, low, low 80s, maybe high 70s. And my first at bat, I faced 94, and it was almost like a huge culture shock. Like it was a whole different ball game I was playing, and it did take time to uh, understand. But being persistent in what you know and what you love, like it, it'll always eventually you'll figure it out. And the thing is, I had a great group of guys around me, great amount of coaches that helped me ease into becoming the player that I wanted to become. We talked about Marty before. Who's a, who's a coach that, or a coordinator or whoever that you've worked with, with the, with the Phillies that, you know, that's really made an impact for you. Uh, Definitely Andy Abad. I mean, he's almost been like a second dad to me. I mean, when things get tough, things get rough, like he'll give it to me straight. He'll shoot it straight. Uh, He's always been there as a motivation factor as well. I mean, he's, he's been there my whole I mean, he's been there for my whole career. I mean, he yeah. knows, like the back of his hand. So, I mean, yeah, I, I give it all up to that guy. I, mean, I really appreciate what he's done. 
How much longer are you going to be in Florida? Um, honestly, like I've talked to them about even spending the whole off season down here in Florida. And I mean, I'm really committed to just trying to get the best, like reach the highest potential I can becoming the best player I can be. I mean, I mean, I feel like I had a pretty good year and all I want to do is just build off of that. So who was a player you like to watch growing up? Uh, I love watching Albert Pujols, actually. I mean, that guy, his swing is beautiful. Miguel Cabrera as well. Like, those guys are two swings that I've always baseline loved. But when it comes to outfield, was always Andrew McCutcheon. What about any lefties? Lefties? Uh, <laughs> not really. I mean, Ken Griffey. I love – so I was a Yankees fan back in the day. So I love Robinson Cano's swing, of course. Um yeah. Derek Jeter also, I really liked. A-Rod, basically, as a Yankee at that time, I mean, that was a core team, a stacked team that you'll never forget. Yeah, especially Cano has that beautiful left-handed oh, yeah. left handed swing. You know, usually, when I started doing this, oh, I've been here for a while, and I would ask guys who their favorite player was, every lefty said Griffey. Griffey. Mm-hmm. But you're pretty well now we're getting to the point where like you I know mean, you were you were is, born in 2001 in 2001 how much did you yeah do you remember seeing him i i mean the thing is growing up i i was more of just a like that that was honestly that year where the yankees won the world series i think it might have been it was either eight or nine. I'm not they sure. They won in nine. They beat the Phillies nine. in 09. Yeah. It was nine. That was the first year I really got into baseball. Like, I really liked that team. Yeah. And you're only eight, you know, you're only, you're eight years old. So now it's, been, like, it's a little like, you're impressionable at that. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. How'd you become a Yankee fan? Um. So my dad, he's actually from Jamaica. He moved to New York when he was 11 years old. So, I mean, he's been New York everything, Knicks, Giants, Yankees. Were you, were you born in – up there or were you born in Maryland? No, I was I was born in Maryland, yeah. So you, lived, you lived in Maryland your whole life? Yes. All right. Well, Marcus, thank you so much. Um, Phillies uh, have a four-run lead going to the bottom of the ninth. Hopefully they close out game one uh, in Atlanta. Thank you so much for a few minutes. Uh, best of luck this offseason, and maybe we'll see you back here April 11th. Sounds good. Thank you for having me. I want to thank Marcus Lee Sang for a few minutes. Uh, he was great. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Like, rate, review, subscribe to Hook, Line, and Splitter, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Hook, Line, and Splitter is brought to you by NJR Home Services, your local heating and cooling experts with thousands of five-star reviews. When it comes to your comfort, trust your home to the local heating and cooling experts at NJR Home Services. Visit njrhomeservices.com. So, Phillies will be at home, Aaron Nola, tomorrow in game number three, and then they have not announced what they're going to do in game number four. My guess would be they pitch Noah Syndergaard first time through the order of grace. have a lot of right-handed hitters uh, in that lineup, very good right-handed hitters in that lineup as well, and then maybe you see Bailey Falter and then the bullpen uh, the rest of the way from there, and hopefully they'll be up 2-1. to one. Nola will pitch tomorrow, likely against Charlie Morton, though I don't think that has been Announced it'll be great to have playoff baseball back at Citizens Bank Ballpark for the first time in 11 years. So some other quick notes. Uh, Last week, the Blue Claws were at Comic-Con, which was pretty cool. 
uh, up in New York unveiled a Marvelized, Marvel design, Blue Claws logo, uh, strong crab exploding out of the water, leaving a uh, a wave in in his wake there. So that that was pretty cool, and that is up now. Merchandise for that will be available coming up on November the eighteenth, and you can check out that at Blue Claws. Dot com 2022 Jersey Shore Blue Claws or 2023 Jersey Shore Blue Claws ticket packages are on sale now. Five game mini plans, 10 game partial plans include the best of the Jersey Shore all tied together in one night at Shortown Ballpark or five or 10 great nights at Shortown Ballpark. You'll get tickets to the best games of the year, a hot dog, soda bo- um, and novelty ice cream at every game and a boardwalk game voucher at every game as well. So those are available now, blueclaws.com slash memberships. And lastly, a few Phillies are presently down in Arizona, the Arizona Fall League. And one of the stars of the Fall League so far has been Johan Rojas, the Blue Claws right-handed hitting center fielder from earlier this year. He's 8 for 19 already there. Two doubles, two walks, three stolen bases, and he's only struck out once in his first 23 plate appearances down there, and he's played uh, his usual stellar self out in center field. Carlos De La Cruz is four for nine with a triple uh, in his early days down there. Johan, uh, excuse me, Jalen Ortiz still looking for his first hit in the AFL. On the pitching side, the Phillies have a few guys down there. Christian Hernandez has made two appearances, thrown two scoreless innings, allowed one hit, no strikeouts. Taylor Lehman, three scoreless innings, one hit, and four strikeouts. Francisco Morales. Three and a third innings, one hit, no runs, one walk. He struck out six. He's been very good. And Brett Schultz, who was solid with the Blue Claws this year and got promoted to double-A Reading at the end of the season, two and a third, no hits, no runs, two walks, and he struck out four. So solid starts all around for the Phillies, especially on the pitching side and with uh, Rojas and De La Cruz there on the offensive side. And those, well, you know, that'll be uh, something to keep an eye on. As the fall progresses, they'll play for another month or so. And Rojas playing every day. He's gotten rave reviews. And then the pitchers, obviously, you know, they're, they're just getting their falls underway. Morales has you know, led the way, but he's only thrown three and a third innings. But kind of had a bumpy year. So it'll be a good, uh, a good test for him against some of the better prospects in minor league baseball this fall in Arizona. That's always one of the better uh, winter ball, fall ball spots in the sport. So... That will wrap us up here for Hook, Line, and Splitter, episode 48. We're going to try to keep this going uh, as often as we can. We did, we've done three here in the last couple of weeks. Kendall Simmons, two weeks ago, last week, we did the Phillies Minor League Year in Review with Mike Ventola of the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs and Emily Messina of the Reading Fight and Phil, so you can catch those uh, on this podcast feed as well. And then today, Marcus Lee Sang. So that will wrap us up. Have a great day, everybody. I'm Greg Jambarisi. Go Phillies. Thanks for listening to Hook, Line, and Splitter, episode 48, a Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast.